this is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting little edit, you know. Mm -hmm. All right. So, hello and welcome to Indie Rect, podcast focused on giving indies. Are you really just staring at me like that? Innocence until proven guilty. Ah. Uh, okay. A podcast focused on giving indies a place to talk about themselves and their projects, and give you, the listener insight into what may seem to be a mind-wrecking process. My name is Slays, and joined by my co-host here, Jax. You want to introduce yourself, Jax? <laughs> Hi, um, I am known in this industry, the gaming industry, as Jax. Um, you can also meet me as Blaze in the publishing industry. Yeah, so... For all intent purposes, we go by Slays and Jacks here. So, and it is our introductory episode, our very first one. So, during we, Mercury retrograde, yay! Uh, <laughs> darn planets can go align somewhere else for all I care. So, go align on your own time. <laughs> we normally have a guest with us, but today. Our guest is actually going to be Jax. So, you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, Jax? No, I really don't. But I, I will, for the sake of being a guest on the podcast. Um, like you said, I guess he's going to go for the publishing aspect of myself, which is, my name is Blaze. I also write as Stormy Skies and Hunter Wayland. Um, my journey into indie publishing actually began with my first novel, Blessing of Luna. Um, it is a paranormal shifter romance that is not indeed a alpha hole or uh, omegaverse. It is not an omegaverse or alpha hole book. Um, so that is completely and utterly not accurate. But that's my... Actually, I lied. My journey began with a short story called The Good Luck Cat. It won a daily deviation on the website DeviantArt. And I had been on the site for many, many years for artwork, but I've never received a daily deviation. And this short story that I wrote completely unedited and completely just off the cuff won a daily deviation and it is still there. So I, I kind of figured, you know what, maybe there's something to this writing thing. So then I got into, uh, I did my first NaNoWriMo. And I finished Blessing of Luna, which went from the uh, the name, the title of Bloodbound, to Blessing of Luna. And since then, I have written seven books. I've published seven books. I have I'm hybrid published, so which means I work with a traditional publisher and I indie publish. And that actually led Slays and I to open our own publishing house, which unfortunately we had to close because we had to take care of an ailing family member, but we learned a lot and we were grateful to work with the authors we worked with. Well, you went into my second question already, which was tell a little bit about your writing, your project. So, third question, what inspired you to start writing? I think I already said that, but um, I don't mind saying it again. Well, you, um, you, you did say that <laughs> you did go into that you won the Daily Deviation. But that said, you won an award for a short story. And that inspired you to keep writing. But what got you to decide that you wanted to 
publish your own work? What decide, what helped you decide that you wanted to open a publishing house? Things like that. Well, I hate to say this, but Blessing of Luna was not my first novel that I finished. I actually finished a MC romance and I pitched it to a publisher. And well, as you know, it went horribly, horribly wrong. I nearly quit writing, but think thanks to my supportive husband, I actually kept writing and then I decided, you know what, if I'm going to run into some gatekeepers, I'm going to be my own gatekeeper. And I started doing as much as much research on uh, indie and self-publishing as possible because at that time the industry was kind of just beginning to just beginning to flux get get up there. Um, it wasn't really a huge industry at that point, um, but it, it has since <laughs> tripled, quadrupled in size since that day. But I decided I wanted to make I wanted to make more money. I wanted to uh, schedule myself. I wanted to release my book as fast or as slow as I wanted to, and I wanted to choose my own cover. So being the absolute control freak that I am, that is what got me into indie publishing. <laughs> Proud control freak. Oh, like proud control freak. What what was your largest obstacle? Obstacle. Jeez, I can't speak. Why am I hosting a podcast if I can't speak? Thank God for edits. <laughs> no, it's gonna stay in. No, it's not. It'll stay in. It's not. It, it's humorous. No, it's not. It's ridiculous. Humor ridiculous? It sounds dirty on some level. Well, anyways. Can we focus, please? Yes. I don't know. Can we? That's a good question. <laughs> so, largest obstacle that you uh, that you encountered? At that time, I'd have to say the largest obstacle was, oh, you self-published. You don't have the moxie that traditional published uh, traditional publishers have, or you don't have the reach. Or a lot of the times, bookstores are like, well, we're not going to carry self-published trash, is what they called it. Um, there were a lot of different a lot of different obstacles uh, to me as a self-publisher. Um, I, I guess the most was to kind of gain that respect that comes with publishing a book. Uh, but I, I would say honestly the largest gatekeepers were getting my books on the bookshelves, um, being able to get events scheduled, and obviously like many of you, finances are a big, big uh, problem because let's I mean there is no there is really not a lot of money in the publishing business unless you're just really good at it and um, there's potential but it, the big that's the biggest those are my biggest hurdles okay and the time I didn't have a lot of time because we had young kids so. well how did you overcome those obstacles <laughs> The more you give, the more you're going to have to explain. Pardon me, Fred, but I guess the big... I just said that this is the truth. I don't know if you want to keep this in your podcast or not. I just said, fuck it. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I, I, I'm I, going to do this. It's it's my baby. It's what I want to do. And I can't stand... I tried going to work four times and I was forced to stop working four times. So I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go do my own business. I'm going to start my own business, whatever that might be. So I delved even deeper into the world and I found that I love the marketing way more than I love the writing portion. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, not many people can say that they enjoy the marketing rather than the actual project itself. So 
what, oh what, did you really enjoy more than anything? Well, you kind of said it. About the project. About your writing. I enjoy, I cannot explain how much I enjoy the marketing aspect of it. It is, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the marketing aspect of it, and this is just my opinion, and I know that many authors out there will agree that it is the harder part of writing, harder part of publishing. But I enjoyed the puzzle. I enjoyed seeing, okay, this isn't working. What am I doing wrong? And then I would go do research and figure it out. I was like, okay, so that's what I was doing wrong. Now I get to fix this that I just made. And I liked keeping, I liked the market kept to market because you can't just look and the market be the same. You have to constantly be checking and monitoring and changing keywords and changing categories and being on top of what's selling. And that was the fun part for me um, over the writing, the writing portion. So that sounds more like the the online marketing of it, getting it into online marketplaces, getting it where algorithms are going to pick it up. What about in person? In person, um, you have to be very careful, especially now because we're all swimming in the pandemic sea. Uh, in person, you literally, I, that's actually my preferred method of marketing. Anybody who knows me will know I do not spend copious amounts of money on Facebook ads, Instagram ads. I say fuck ads. I cannot stand them. I will use them as necessary evils, but they are, unless you do things right and everything else, they are a huge waste of money. So I actually saw more turnaround in in-person events like conventions. My husband and I started asking, getting asked to speak at libraries and trade shows and podcasts and radio shows just from going to these live events and that's that all it took us was going to shake hands and meeting people and really it is you have to do what you would do in any marketing is your target what is your target audience who is your target audience are they going to be at that live show is it the live show for you or are you just going for the heck of it and that it's really just knowing it's really just again it's an aspect of marketing you have to know where your target audience is so you just don't throw spaghetti money at the wall because we did that at first <laughs> and as soon as we pinned down and got relationships with certain people and certain cons we were able to shave off those that we saw no benefit in you you mentioned a few places that you're able to go through and find from the in-person connections in-person relationships so schools um libraries what what was your favorite what was your favorite location to go to that came from a relationship made at a convention one that just stands out above the rest oh my gosh i guess the biggest thing that i got slapped with that i thought was absolutely fantastic at one of these trade shows was there's this new convention it's like uh, we had just hosted a panel and she came, she hosted, she went to our panel and she's like, Hey, I'm trying to, uh, and this one stood up because she's like, I'm trying to get this started at our local library. Are, would you be willing to sit on a panel and talk? And that was one of the biggest ones that stuck out to me. There was an, a, it's a very close first. And then there, the very close second is when I started, I went to the con DFW. I'm very sad because it no longer functions, but I was I was totally I was bullied into by some good friends of mine to do the poetry contest <laughs> that they had every year and then I was also asked out of nowhere to sit on the panel with 
some romance and erotica writers and it, w it was out of nowhere it was just a, i was approached and i was like hey i would really like you to sit on this panel we need one more guest would you like to come and talk i was like uh <laughs> heck yeah i'll come and talk it was a really spicy panel but it was it was fun wow definitely sounds like uh just going out meeting people talking with people instead of just staying behind the screen actually helped out greatly for you it is. It's, and that's something I want so many authors to understand is it's, it's, it's not about just sitting behind social media and expecting it to function for you. Social media is for meeting your peers. It's for networking. It's for uh, just finding people in, in like circles. But if you really want to find like industry professionals and stuff, you need to get out and go see them because with everything opening back up, it's getting a lot easier. And you can find industry professionals online. You definitely can do that. Um, but I would I would highly recommend to any author to get out from behind the screen and go do some hoof work. <laughs> now, have you ever you I mean, you went through and you sold books? Obviously, did you ever have any like random sales that you didn't expect, just like out of the blue? You already know this answer. <laughs> Yes, we sold, guys, we sold books in the weirdest of places, okay? I will tell anybody who wants to talk to me. We sold books at Cracker Barrel. One waitress actually came to us with her tip money and wanted me to sign a book right then and there. We have sold books in the grocery store line. I think my biggest one was really interesting was the McDonald's drive through we sold a book in the McDonald's drive-thru while she, while this lady was handing us my kid's Happy Meal. It was like, I just exchanged exchanged the book, signed, and she was just like, oh, thank you so much. It was amazing. So, even if the McDonald's ice cream machine doesn't work, talking to people in drive-thru, just being willing to talk with them does. That's That's awesome. Yeah, don't talk to them wanting to pitch. I mean, don't talk a pitch. Just talk with them as a person, right? Yeah, talk as a person. That's how people buy from brands they trust. Don't, I mean, look at everyone who lines up to buy a new iPhone. <laughs> they don't, if they didn't even know who Apple was and Apple just said, hey, we have this like $700 phone, they're going to be like, uh, I don't have $700 to pitch to you. <laughs> so, but now everybody's got their new iPhones and they want the new iPhone even though they really don't change much. And it's because you have to build your trust. You have to build your brand in a brand of trust. That's, that is definitely true. Now, here's, an, here's the next question. Because that was all just one rabbit hole after another, after another, after another. So, if you could go back in time and give yourself one thing to help yourself, what would it be and why? Please don't say money. Because everyone, <laughs> everyone could do more with money. So, honestly, I would have to say, if I could go back and give myself the advice, I, I would honestly wish I had the advice in the new course I'm coming up with. That's yes, totally shameless, but it, it honestly is a thing of I wish somebody came and told me these things that I know now. When. I was starting out because it would have saved me so much more time, so much money, so much stress and crying and just wanting to give up 
if I had the material I have now. And uh, honestly, I, I wish I could. I wish I could go back and give that to the past me because she uh, needed it. And um, <laughs> it was a lot of. It was a lot of. A lot of trial. It was trial and error. Trial and error. Lots of lost money. So much lost money. Well. Too much time. <laughs> so. Yeah, there was a lot of lost money, but did learn a few things. So, speaking of learning things, what is something that you learned that you didn't expect to? What was something I learned? That's a good question. Um, what was something I learned that I didn't expect to was you make more connections by not trying to sell. To sell. Seriously. You, you go to someone and you, you buy their books. We made so many more connections just by walking around and talking to people than we did ever trying to say, hey, I've got a book I'd like you to buy. Now, oftentimes those talks led to people being like, wait, you've got a book? Um, so, so really, that is something I did not expect to learn. I expected, because I had sold Avon before, I'd tried to sell Avon before, I had, I had looked into Scentsy, I had looked in all sorts of things, and the whole thing that I learned in those introductory courses was, well, you know, the introductory onboarding courses was, you've got to sell, you've got to sell, you've got to sell, you've got to sell. And the truth is, you really don't. It's, start with a conversation. And even if that person can't buy from you or doesn't have the money on them, 10 times out of nine, they'll come back and they'll be like, hey, 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 I got my paycheck again. I'd like to buy, I'd like to buy this book. Or will you sign it and mail it to me? Well, the, most of the time we're like, yeah, we'll even pay shipping. So they paid for the book and we mailed it out. And it was, it's honestly, I did not expect just talking to people as just, just talking to be so revolutionary. And I honestly didn't expect to learn that I didn't have to be anywhere and that I didn't, didn't have to be everywhere and I didn't have to ride the struggle bus. I was actually able to do less and have more than riding the struggle bus. And that's something I wish I knew when I started out my journey. Okay. Who would have thought treating people like people gets them to uh, turn around and be interested, you know? Instead of trying to humanize a uh, humanize a unknown brand or bash them over the head with buy my book, it's it's yeah the left it's actually you actually get more with like just posting if you want like one of the things you can post on your inst on I post on Instagram is I'll post a picture of my family or I'll post a picture of me and my book will just be in the picture. It's like hey I'm sitting here yeah nothing goes better with a day of writing than dot dot dot. And I'll have a piece of, like a picture of my coffee and there's my book there. And it's just like, I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just saying, yeah, it's just, this is what I do. This is what I'm known for. So here I am. <laughs> All right. Hmm. Let's see. Let's see here. No, I'm not going to scramble these up. I like the order they're in. Do you have any future plans for, for writing or, or even a new project that you have in mind? Actually, yes. I am currently working, number one, I have two books set to release this year that I will begin the second one. Uh, I already released a book and the second one in this series will be released in, I'm not sure when it'll be released, but I'll begin writing it in February. 
and then the third one will already be ready to go. So I have two book, two more books to release this year, and uh, then I'll be working like on a mystery horror, like in a, a horror project. And right now, in the, I am smack in the middle of developing a course, a massive mammoth whale of a course that contains everything I learned from publishing seven and seven book, writing and publishing seven books. Um, running the publishing company, winning two two finalist awards and one quarter finalist in a novel to screen award. And all of that's going to be in there with this course. And I'm almost ready to start enrolling. Okay. Yeah, that is a big undertaking. So let's see. And where can the listeners here who have stuck around because they might have thought, oh, hey, this is going to be all about the indies talking about themselves. They start hearing money. It's like, no, no, we're... money helps folks do their passions. So some are able to turn to a full-time job. Others, they are able to keep it as a passion, keep that passion going. So money is just a fact of life. So with that said, where can listeners find you and find some of your titles? Um, honestly, if you want to find any of my titles, they are all available on Amazon. Um, Blessing of Luna and Bane of Tenebris have been published by Black Rose Writing. Um, Check Yes, No, or Maybe, the first in the Meeting His Match series by Stormy Skies can also be found on Amazon. Uh, the best thing that you can do if you want to know more about this course that I will be offering at a the lowest price it will be offered, which is like $500, and I have limited seating, I would follow me on Author Success Strategy on Instagram. And you can also email me at authorsuccessstrategy at gmail.com. But that is the course that is fixing to un unleash itself. And in that course, I have a lot of, I have things that many authors have told me that they don't see, and that is post examples, um, how to look for categories, helpful tools that you can go to. It's going to be packed full i mean you've seen the outline so you know yes, what's going to be yeah, in it <laughs> i've helped you with going over a few things for that so yeah um thank you thank you Jax. thank blaze stormy skies hunter wayland what other pin names you have out there that even i might not even know of now you know them all <laughs> <laughs> so thank you today for joining and also as co-host and guest on this very very introductory impromptu episode yes impromptu so kind of was <laughs> hey we're getting this going we're getting this up and rolling so yep that's the fun part we have folks who want to join in and we are looking forward to them joining in so I would say take a look below at the links for our social medias, but this is a podcast. You're listening to us. There's not exactly links. So as far as Indie Rec goes, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Rec Indie, um, Instagram, Twitch. Yes, Twitch, because large focus is going to be about games. Uh, demoing video games of indie right not indie writers indie game developers and what better way to showcase their work than to play it live so let's see twitch twitter instagram and oh yes tiktok 
And also, if you want to show some support, because one thing with us is for the games out there with the indie devs, we don't ask them for free copies. We we go through, we buy the game, play the demo, we do what we can to show support to them. So any donations help us with demoing those and reaching out to see if they want to talk because again this is a platform for them to talk with us now I've been a little um, a little rambly here so I'm gonna go ahead and go and go ahead and cut that off but my name is Slays you can find just just Google Slays games you'll be able to find me on Twitch YouTube yeah YouTube uh, where else what else Twitter Twitter's been good. Instagram, not yet. I'll have a Discord at some point. So, but there's more in the works. So, thank you for joining us. And y'all have a wonderful day, wherever you may be. Bye. Bye.